It came down to the special teams in tonight's game against the New Jersey Devils. The Devils got two power play goals. The Wilds got one. And the Wild end up losing 4-3. to three. Let's talk about it on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast. Part of Locked on Minnesota on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome into tonight's Locked on Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wild fall 4-3 to three to the New Jersey Devils. They finish the road trip at 0-2-1. Uh, thank you for tuning in to tonight's Locked on Wild postcast, which is brought to you by GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Uh, so first thing to point out in this game here tonight is I thought the effort was way better, which is encouraging because it's a devil's team that is amongst the best in the NHL and the wild certainly didn't have any sort of disastrous start in this one. Yes. The devils did get on the board first, but uh, the wilds in five on five, the wild were fine tonight. They more than held their own, um, against one of the better teams, one of the faster teams in the NHL. So that part um, is that part of the game is not one that I'm concerned with. Special teams. That's that's the operative phrase for tonight's game. And I thought it was interesting after the game, Dean Evison, he's exactly right. He said the difference in the special teams performances by both the Devils and the Minnesota Wilds was movement. Uh, the New Jersey Devils do such a good job of getting a penalty kill going side to side, opening up those areas for them to just sit in front of the net and uh, park on those power play goals like they did. And for the Minnesota Wild, they did not move for the most part uh, on the power play, which allowed the Devils to hunker in in front of the net and just get sticks and bodies on um, on the puck. And so it was a wild PK that was chasing the whole night. Um, it took, what, 30 seconds for the two power play goals for the Devils to uh, find the back of the net. Whereas the Wilds, I guess to their credit on the power play, they did hold the zone for like full two-minute stretches for a couple of them. So there were some good power plays here tonight. Vitek Vanacek just made a ton of really, really good saves in those instances. Um, shots in close, but then especially on that six on four, that was not, that was not good. You can't expect to, um, you can't expect to get quality opportunities in a six on four when you spend a majority of it just trying to get set up. And it's, it, it, it's kind of this mindset too on the power play is that the devils know that they have just oodles of talent on that unit. And so they approach it, trying to make things happen with moving around the ice, with moving from one side of the net to the other. Uh, they, the broadcast did a fantastic job and I wish I would have clipped it of on one of the power plays there were two Devils players that crossed in front of the net and basically took the entire penalty kill out uh, right in front of Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, puck movements, 
above just standing and and waiting for something to happen is preferable. So I thought that was um, I thought that was good by uh, by Dean to point that out. But at the end of the day, like you gotta you gotta really work on that. And honestly, so the Wilds finished the trip oh two and one. Having a couple of days off, I think at this point to try to get Matt Boldy closer sounds like he will hopefully practice on Wednesday. Uh, with the chance that he could join the team um, uh, against the Devils on Thursday or maybe Saturday against the Rangers. Uh, the hope is that he's continuing to get close. There's no update on uh, Jared Spurgeon or Freddie Goudreau from uh, last check, courtesy of Michael Russo. But I don't know. I uh, I thought I thought compared to what we've seen so far this this season, it was better effort wise for the wild here tonight. Um, Pat Maroon. And I actually was laughing on that goal because he's just getting absolutely mugged as he is, uh, is going to the net with those silky smooth mitts able to, uh, to score a goal. Uh, the wild put Ryan Hartman on the top power play unit. He scores. Um, and then you have Jake Middleton on a feed behind the net from Pat Maroon. And so it's funny. We look, at Pat Maroon being on that that second line and kind of scratching our heads like it, it doesn't seem like a conventional fit and yet he continues to rack up points it was a um, it was just an unbelievable feed to Jake Middleton right in front of the net to find one of the rare instances of five hole room against Vitek Vanacek so Pat Maroon just continues to be a bright spot for this team um, in the early goings, we've, we've talked about it before where you want him to be producing, but you want him to be a little bit further down the list of players that are producing. But, you know, I've over the, uh, over the weekends, I've kind of taken it to thought in uh, a lot of people in the comments saying it, it's early in the season and we can't really we can't really be choosy about the uh, the wins or the team looking good at this point in the season. Um, so again, it's the Devils. Their power play is amazingly good, and and another thing I want to point out too is I know Ryan Hartman was called for a slashing penalty that I thought was bogus, and I believe that was one of the power play goals that the Devils ended up getting. It's hard to keep track because they had one called off due to being offsides. Uh, they had two others. If I recall correctly, that Hartman penalty led to a goal, but I, I think it was a bogus penalty. I mean, it hardly did anything to warrant being called for a slash. Uh, and furthermore, he took a, a pretty good shot earlier in which there was no call. So it, at the end of the day, you just you have to be lights out against team teams like this on special teams. And the wild just were not um, here in this one tonight. So that's that's how it goes. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see what sorts of tweaks are made to this penalty kill unit, uh, because as uh, as Trav mentions, it was it was laughably bad. So. Uh, I'm interested to see what sort of tweaks are made with the opportunity to play the Devils again. Um, and 
we'll we'll see what happens on Thursday at the uh, XL Energy Center. But um, we got a lot of good comments already. Um, we've got a lot of good comments, so we're going to get to those as we uh, continue tonight's Locked On Wild postcast. So keep them coming. We'll uh, give some shout outs to everybody that is in the comment section uh, when we come back. Minnesota Wild fall four to three to the New Jersey Devils, and we continue tonight's Locked On Wild postcast after this. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is brought to you by Game Time. And if you, like me, love to live in the moment, you probably have tried numerous times to buy tickets to your favorite sports team the day of. A lot of times the tickets are super expensive, or in my case, you go to the event and you find that your view is obstructed. Nobody wants to deal with that. Game Time is here to make your ticket buying experience as little stress as possible. They offer last minute tickets plus views from all seats in the venue. And with their lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more, GameTime is the way to go. Take the guesswork of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Today's Lockdown Wild postcast also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You could have cashed in had you picked the Minnesota Vikings to beat Green Bay in Lambeau today and taking those bonus bucks and put them on Jordan Addison or TJ Hawkinson to have big games, and they did. Uh, the app is incredibly easy to use, so visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wild fall 4-3 to three to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and uh, we've got your comments coming up here uh, to break down all the action. Uh, we'll start with B on YouTube. Is Kaprizov sick, hurt, or just trash? Now, this is it's interesting because I've I've noted on this too, and Michael Russo talked about it again after tonight's game and saying that this team just needs a lot more from Kirill Kaprizov than they're currently getting, and. It's it was on full display here tonight. He just he just doesn't seem like the same player that we've seen over the last few seasons. And I don't know if that is still dealing with some lingering effects of the injury. He has mentioned in the past he's a notably slow starter. And I found it interesting as well. Um, Connor Beaupre, the emergency goalie for the uh, Minnesota Wild, the e-bug, talking about um, the Minnesota Wild power play needing to more utilize Kirill as uh, the main component. Uh, He tweets, Wild power play needs to have Kaprizov as the main component. Having him in front of the net just tipping or below the goal line watching everyone else move, the puck is a waste of his shot and his playmaking ability. Uh, That may be a way to kind of get him going is to have him just shoot out of it. But I think the thing that has been the most eye-opening so far 
this season has been just the um, the turnovers, the inability to hang on to the puck um, and just cough it up at especially ill-advised opportunities. Look at the game against Philadelphia. That turnover directly led to a Flyers goal late in which the Wild were trying to muster a comeback, and this team just isn't built to make those types of mistakes. While they're in comeback mode, if something like that happens, it just completely derails what they're trying to do uh, to uh, get in position to tie or take the lead. So it is definitely a concern. Obviously, he has earned, I think, the ability to fight out of it. But at some point soon, there's going to just need to be more that um, that we get from 97. And I'll go to Quadrum uh, here next because it's essentially the uh, the same thing. So uh, I hope I answered both of those questions in tandem in just it looks like it's something, whether it be he's just I, I don't know what it is, but it's something that certainly has caught everybody's eye. And um, it's something that's going to need to improve for this team um, as they go. Um, Michael talking about the decision to go to 11 and seven, uh, with the, uh, face, the orange face frowning. I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit. Damon hunt played nine shifts in this game, five minutes, 33 seconds. John Merrill played 10 minutes, 59 seconds. Damon hunt was even in plus minus had one shot. John Merrill was a minus one. He had three shots, two blocks. Uh, Hunt also had a block. And I guess at this point, if you're going to go the 11-7 route, I would love to see a little more of what Damon Hunt has to offer. We have have seen the full display of the John Merrill experience and just continue to see the same things over and over. And yes, he did block a couple of shots tonight. Um, he didn't, I don't think commit a penalty in this one, but, uh, the thing that I think is just very odd to me is that he's getting penalty kill time. Um, he played in fact, 41 seconds of penalty kill time. Jake Middleton played 25 and I know Middleton was called for a penalty here tonight. So obviously wasn't available for that one, but there there shouldn't be a scenario in which John Merrill is getting more penalty kill time than Jake Middleton. There just is no scenario in which that sort of a world should exist. It's not a world I want to be a part of. So I'd like to see a little more from Damon Hunt, uh, especially if it's going to be a while before Jared Spurgeon comes back. You've got some guys down there in Iowa. Just see what you have available because this wild defense, let's say Jared Spurgeon comes back and every and order's restored. Okay, great. But what if Jared Spurgeon comes back and it's not? You can't get through the entirety of the season with a third line playing that way. And Kalen Addison, I thought, played really well tonight. Um, John Merrill just, again, was John Merrill. So, um, I I don't know. I get exasperated, as you can tell, talking about uh, talking about John Merrill, third line defenseman, and I know other people do too. 
Uh, B mentioning uh, Marcus Johansson should get $9 million. He hustles. Kaprizov doesn't. Look, one of the things that I think I like most about Marcus Johansson is just how cleanly he is able to enter the uh, the zone for the Minnesota Wild, especially on the power play. It, it's, it's just something that theoretically frees up Kirill Kaprizov. And I know with that penalty or that power play struggling as much as it is, you got to try some other things just to uh, to get him jogged. And so Hartman got the top power play time. But what was interesting tonight was it seemed like Johansson was developing a nice chemistry with Marco Rossi and um, Marcus Foligno, oddly enough, on that third line. And so when Matt Boldy comes back, I know we probably would rather have Marcus Johansson um, stay in that second line role. But honestly, if that allows for Marco Rossi to continue to continue to build and continue to, uh, to stack good performances together, I'd be fine giving it a try. And then you can just put Matt Boldy on that line with Jewel Erickson Eck. See if Pat Maroon can continue to, uh, to help those guys out. And if not, then it's an easy change, um, to, uh, to slot Maroon back down in the lineup. So, I'm I'm intrigued to see how that would look, and not that Johansson deserves to be bumped down in the lineup. Um, it, it just it's it's interesting. It's something that I just wish the um, it's something that I just wish we would get a chance to see as the uh, the season goes along. All right, just uh, just looking through the comments, I should have been scrolling through these. Um, I should have been going through these while I was talking. Um, Gary mentioning the league has figured out the Kaprizov Zuki pattern. Love to see a Kaprizov Boldy Rossi line. Look, I'm I'm all in favor of trying things out um, because what do we know about this team as the season goes on? Is there are going to be more injuries? So there's always opportunities to um, try some things out, see if they work, file them away for later. And I'm not saying like even start the game with it, but if you are looking for a spark at some point um, down the stretch, I mean, Ryan Hartman was injured at one point in this game and um, uh, Marco Rossi got the, uh, the opportunity to be on a line with those two and he did just fine. So it's, it's more about just seeing how combinations are able to do as the game goes along, um, I, I don't know. I, I just would like to, um, I, I just would like to see some things. But um, metal fifteen twenty, trying to figure out why the power play idea is to stay in one place and hope an opening appears. You're spot on, and I think we saw a good example tonight of what a moving penalty, a moving power play, can do for a team. New Jersey Devils, like I said, had the wild penalty kill chasing pretty much all night. And it was just real easy for them once the Wilds got control to just hunker down in front of the net because you know that those funnel points are up at the top and it's going to go to either Kaprizov on the right side or Zuccarello on the left side. Those are the guys that get the puck after Addison. And then it's either trying to kind of tic-tac-toe one through the middle it just they just made it way too hard on themselves um, in in a game tonight that ultimately it looked like they were fine five on five against the Devils. They they had no problem 
hanging around with them in those instances. And so it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's frustrating to uh, say the least as Trav notes and Trav's Trav is the main one who has been steadfast in the comments of saying we're nine games in um, and just need to just need to just exercise some patience. And as Trav mentions, Krill will be fine. He goes through lulls. He played almost 28 minutes tonight, which is asinine. Uh, Kaprizov, yeah, 27 minutes, 30 seconds. He had five shots um, on the night. Um, I, you know, it was interesting too because one of the things that I was worried about um, in this one was faceoffs. And it's faceoffs are not something that I get worried about all the time. But uh, the Wilds had a very good night in the face-off circle, and in particular, a guy that needs to really get his face-off percentage up and going, Jewel Erickson Eck, and he won 14 of 19. So I guess uh, my worries were for not, because um, the Wild did uh, out-face-off. But again, the penalty kill, not winning face-offs, is still a huge concern. And so um, it's it's got to be better. It uh, it absolutely has to be better. Um, it let's go to Tony. Has Dean lost this team? It appears they are not listening to him. Um, yeah, I go back and forth on this because I think we are seeing what we're seeing the limitations that this team has without. Um, Matt Boldy and Jared Spurgeon in the lineup. Ultimately, those guys don't cure everything that ails this team. But it is interesting just how much of a leash it seems like Dean Evison has with this club, with the basic impression from higher up than him that these next two years are are just essentially days on the calendar. And that uh, this team is not going to be able to reach its full potential until they fully get past these next two years. And so I wonder if that's kind of a factor, too, in that this team just there isn't really a whole lot of incentive other than the young guys to uh, to show what you've got, because everybody's locked in long term. Almost everybody has no movement clauses. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But um, I. I don't think anybody that's looking for a coaching change to be made, I don't think we're going to see one anytime soon. Unless this team goes on a run like the San Jose Sharks are currently on. And even then, I don't think there would be anything maybe done other than um, a switch of assistance. Bob Woods, I think, certainly potential there because this penalty kill just has picked up where they left off um, in the Dallas series. So I. We'll uh we'll wait and see. Metal also mentioning Johansson just needs a bounce to go his way. There's been some weird puck luck with this team through the uh the early part of the season as well. It's something that hasn't bit them a ton over the past few years, but um it just it doesn't seem like it's going the wild's way in particular. Um so yeah, I, I I don't know what's going on there, but I, I once Johansson gets once Johansson gets one or two, I think he will uh, 
continue what has been a, a good start to the season for him. All right, just scanning through the uh, final comments of the uh, night here. Tracy mentioning 11% of the way through the season, running out of just X games in time. I Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. Um, but again, if the issues... So here's the here's kind of the the counter to that. If we see a lot of this stuff, if it does so happen that Jared Spurgeon is the um, the magical straw that stirs the drink, he's the drink itself. He's the cup that the drink is poured in. If he pops in and all of these defensive issues are magically fixed, okay, then I can look at this early stretch um, and say. Yeah, they just they just really missed Spurgeon. But the thing that could potentially be a problem there is if we continue to see the issues um, on that third pairing, especially and on the penalty kill. Like if he comes back and nothing changes there, then we've got problems. Uh, final one that we'll get to here for today. Do you think Dean is too soft on the team? He's giving next two days off for rest. Needs to make the team skate at least two days before the next game. Um, I, you know, that's an interesting question because it is a team that is very, very much in favor of self-policing. And I talked about, you know, the New Jersey Devils first game of the season. Lindy Ruff didn't like the way that they started. And so he had the team bag skate for a while. Uh, and that was game one. Didn't like the way that they started, and so he had them the next day bag skate. Would that help this team out? Um, I I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer to that one. Um, I, I know I have in the past really called for some um, more accountability because it just seems like you, especially in the postseason, the, the same problems you would think that there would be some discussion in the locker room about, Hey, we got to fix these issues. Um, but we just don't get that. So I really, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to if this, uh, this team is too softly managed. It seems like it, but, um, at the end of the day, I'm not down there. I'm not in, I'm not on the team. Um, so, I, I can't really make a call in that regard. Uh, one final one I do want to get to. Final, final, final. Um, rest in peace to Adam Johnson. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about it. Alex and I will touch on it for tomorrow's episode of Locked on Wild. Just an awful, awful, awful situation um, for Adam in that uh, that game. And uh, unfortunately, he was not able to recover from it. So thoughts and prayers to his family, to the entire community. I know he was a, uh, a bulldog at one point up in Duluth um, prayers out to that entire community, because uh, that's just the absolute last thing that you want to see happen in this game. And it's, it's just an unfortunate, unfortunate thing that, uh, that happened. So thoughts and prayers out to the Johnson family uh, and to the hockey community uh, in general, that's that was very deflating news uh, here this weekend, um, and just best best wishes to the uh, to the family. 
Well, I think that will do it for tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in as always. Uh, make sure that you join us for tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Wild with Alex Micheletti. We'll talk about the some of the bright spots so far this year. We'll talk about some things that, uh, that need to be worked on as we go. But uh, as always, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcast as well as right here on YouTube. So you don't miss out on any content throughout the course of the week with uh, the next game coming up on Thursday. We're going to dive into some things here this week. Our textbook Tuesday will take a look at the power play and the penalty kill. So be on the lookout for that. We've also got some special guests lined up for the week. Also, Uh, we have new episodes for you as well as pre and post game content all week long as part of the locked on podcast network.